Kia ora guys, this is the Drunk Therapy Podcast, it's currently about 40 episodes in and we're quite drunk, but we've got a wee bit of a disclaimer. The <laughs> fact is that no one says kia ora, except <laughs> people in New Zealand. And all the Kiwi listeners out there are going, yes, love it, keep it up. You <laughs> might listen to episode one as well and think, wow, these cunts are shit. And we were, probably, you worked out a harmonica. Yeah. I mean, I did that in about episode 30 as well. Would you like to apologise for that now? Uh, no, never apologise for musical talent and, and chasing your dreams. But if you don't like the first one and you go, fuck, these guys are a bit rubbish, you know what? It gets better. Yes, I think roughly around about probably episode four or five, we start to find a rhythm. We're not saying these episodes are bad, they're just a bit shit. <laughs> you and know you... this shit when we're disclaimering <laughs> yeah. at the start. That being said, you won't notice how shit these episodes are. And like you know, if you've not listened to them versus episode five, you just think that we came in at high quality standards at episode five. So you should listen to these through and then notice the quality change. So all we're saying is that the chances are you've just listened to a podcast that's had a really good guest or you've really enjoyed it. You've wanted to come right back to the beginning. We're just warning you in advance, it's a bit boss at the start. But it gets better, we promise. Yeah. And episode ten is a better as well. If you hate episode five, just jump there. Uh, <laughs> do you know what else I like? Episode seven. Oh, yeah. fuck episode 7 mate I've got oh, bad memories of that but not this one stick nah. with us stick with us we promise it'll be good oh and the one we just recorded before this best ever but not this one the following podcast contains three mates talking shit over some beers as you can imagine the language can get a wee bit hairy from time to time so get involved grab a beer and join us for Drunk Therapy the podcast this is Drunk Therapy. My name's Shane, and this is the podcast basically where we solve the world's problems one beer at a time. Say your name. My name's James. Slight disclaimer, I am not solving any of the world's problems through beer. Uh, I currently hold my hand a beverage that's hot. Um, part of it comes from a milk's... Uh, a, a milk's udders? A cow's udders? <laughs> a udders. That's as good as it gets with me, folks. <laughs> I milk the milk gland of a tree. Um, Danny, say some words before I rip James to shreds for being sober on drunk therapy. What a dick. Uh, hello, my name's Daniel, but it's nice to be here. <laughs> that was like an awkward, like, you were like doing a speed date or you were talking in front of your class for the first time. I, hear, I hear the word therapy. I get therapy-ish with it. I was wondering whether tears were just starting yeah. to roll down there. Yeah. Well, speaking of talking in front of a class, one of the themes we're going to talk about, or the main theme tonight, is growing up and some of the awkward situations that we had. Um, and I remember talking to people in the class. You always, you always fucked it up, didn't you? You just did not know what to say. I, I was the opposite, though. I was a bit of a, a bit. Of, I'd say now I was a bit of a dick, but I was that class clown. I used to get. Like the teachers would get me to read books to the whole class. And you know when the words are written in italics? Sorry? In a book. You know when words are written in italics? I still don't know why they've done that. But like at a very young age, a teacher told me that you should sing that word. So if the word's written in italics, you know, the wee slanty kind of yeah, yeah. linked writing. A teacher told me that I should sing it. So I literally sung it and like became the funniest kid in school because every time a word was written in like linky, slanty writing, I went, in the same class, or was the disco over classes? I did that for about four or five years. Uh, once you come up with something that works, you stick with it. That would be annoying. Do you not? After have... a while, it'd be like, "Can you not stop that, mate?" No, there were different classes every time. I only like to be honest. You only read really about I don't know, like once a month, maybe. People loved it. That the people just fucking loved that shit. They ate it up. 
I was the kid that cried when he got shouted at in school, to be honest. Oh. Primary school primarily, but... Seriously? Yeah, yeah. If, I'd, if I get into trouble, I would start crying. I was... Oh, full-blown tears. Same child, yeah. And I think I remember once, around about primary five, we were playing... We had a, a stand-in teacher, who's a very nice person, but he took us out to play rounders. And he hit... Uh, they must have done that like adult thing where he just wanted to show off how much stronger he is than children <laughs> so he, he was going for like a home run and I tried to trip him up <laughs> and it, it was just like I wasn't a bad kid but I obviously had this kind of competitive streak in me and he started shouting at me and I remember he was Canadian and uh, I won't try and well I try and do the Canadian I won't try and do the Canadian give it, a, give it a nudge give it a try you, like, you might as well what are you doing Daniel why are you trying to do that to me Daniel and I just started howling with tears so <laughs> that was that kid I was not a troublesome child see people listening if they are listening would be like oh Daniel he's he's sweet isn't he what a dick you're that guy that just makes you that's the that's the real back out or good get out of jail free card by just going oh shit everything's going wrong <laughs> you just jumping on the waterworks yeah it sounds like childhood manipulation doesn't it yeah you know, what what kids do to get food I was the youngest of four boys and what I would do and I it's a dick move but I'd go and fight the one brother older than me get beaten up and then cry to the parents and then he'd get like disciplined and I'd get his meat. Like that was their rule. Like if he did something <laughs> wrong to you, you got his meat for the dinner tonight. So I'd just go start a fight with the person and I was like, well, Dean gets more meat cause he's older. So like, I'll, I'll give a fight. I'll fight him and then he'll get in trouble and I'll get his meat. It was a hell strategy. <laughs> like a family, a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> this week. And this, you're in the same boat, James, but I've always been a bit of a fuckhead. Like not a fuckhead, but I've always just, kind of been a larrikin I've been that young nephew that you know or that young dude that's just he'll never grow up he's fun this week like two days ago I got approved for a mortgage mm. and that's that, that is big time growing up isn't it that's adulting and like top 100 level that's like proper next level you've learned like in the last probably two days I learned words that I never wanted to know and things that I never thought I'd have to take up brain space with like I was talking to you guys before when we were having a few drinks and I was like oh so the option is you know we can get a buy to lease mortgage and then Marla has this deposit and she can do that and then you guys looked at me like shut up no one cares and I don't care I'm the dude that's now talking about banking terms to my mates after a few beers but that's that's my life at the moment you know what I'm doing this weekend (laughs) and like this is like the juxtaposition of me completely I'm looking at 14 houses <laughs> that, not- and that's success and you, you take things too far when it comes to it but I, I'm right there with you brother I'm, I've, I've I spent a load of last year saying to my other half she kept saying can we look at houses can we do that and I'm like no oh, let's get Christmas out the way Th- this was July <laughs> and then as, as, as it started creeping towards Christmas I'm like oh, shit man I'm going to have to do this I'm going to have to adult and fulfil my promise so I'm, I'm allowing her to book viewing every Sunday until we find the right property but she keeps every single night she's like what What? What do you think of this is this nice and I'm like get that fucking away from me I need to see it in real life but, it, but it's hard out adulting and I, I'm not sure how to handle it are you like I, I think you'll probably be a little bit the opposite of me to be honest because I think you'll be the guy that's kind of a wee bit like nah it's got to be perfect it's got to be the ultimate house for me everyone I've looked at and we've looked at three or four so far every single one I've gone let's buy it let's buy it right now this house is amazing in every way let's fucking buy this house I could brew beer over there and walk around naked and no one would know I just I just I'm I'm too enthusiastic too passionate I'm just, a bit obsessive I see something that I think is a little bit cool and I'm like fuck it give it to me right now yeah yeah 
Firstly, I didn't even know there was 14 houses out there. And that's <laughs> inexperienced I am in this thing. But I remember reading something a couple of years ago that if you wanted a mortgage and you had like wonga.com and your bank statements at any point in the last, I don't know, however many years that was it, you were immediately refused. So I've got like four years before any of this makes any sense to me whatsoever. What the fuck is wonga.com? It was a short-lived payday site. I think they've gone bust now, but it was payday loans. So uh, you would right. borrow, I don't know, like, 20 quid for a couple of days and it would cost you 25 quid if you paid it back in time but the whole premise was that the interest rates were hundreds of hundreds of percent I think possibly even thousands so if you missed one payment you were fucked right and uh, I a sense them. of irony in them going bust isn't it yeah well I think they, they lost something and had to pay loads of people money back and that essentially destroyed them but I used them for yeah. a good six but there, months there is a lot of stuff that you don't understand around uh, credit rating yep. and stuff like that because shit man I, I did not know that my credit rating was on the floor um, as soon as I got it because I didn't have a credit card I'd never taken a loan out I didn't have anything you know decent finance um, like the financial decisions had been made by me for years but because I'd never taken out any of this there's no record of me being financially responsible in their eyes I'm just like fuck it's, it's like you have to join their club to then like graduate to where they are yeah, you've got to you've got to know their lingo as well, eh? Like I've see see my girlfriend owns a house, and she's like one of the, she, and I I love her. She's lovely, but Jesus, she's one of those people that you kind of hated because they had all those hacks. She got her student loan out and used it as a deposit for a house. <laughs> what kind of a like like or what genius age idea? What age was that? Like she was, she got three years of her student loan when she was about 19. She owns a house when she was about 23. It's like, Jesus, stop being so fucking good at life. Eh? Cause I'm 30 and I'm like looking to buy my first home now. And she's just like mansplaining it to me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm currently like halfway through my third year of uni at 30 years old. And <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I done with my first student loan at 28 years old? I went to fucking WrestleMania. With my <laughs> that was a good time. That was a good time. <laughs> How much but, it cost you though? Uh, well, what was that called there? But oh, well, six hundred to get there. But add everything else uh, we, on, you're probably about twelve hundred quid we or a, something. We were a few grand, yeah. and that was just on the oh. taxi back <laughs> <laughs> from WrestleMania when the Venezuelan man basically said, "I've got a gun. Yeah. You guys are paying one hundred and fifty dollars for this." No, guy. no, it was, it was one that. It was two hundred. You a gun. Two hundred and sixty dollars. Yeah. That taxi cost us. Yeah, yeah, basically, we were we were coming back from WrestleMania, and it's in Orlando. What happened was we took an Uber there, and it was like twelve dollars. And the woman was really nice. She was like, she was. You, "You don't want to be around here at night time, you know." And we we came out, and Uber like Uber was about ninety quid surcharge, and both us were like, "Nah, we'll walk and we'll try and get somewhere." No idea where we were going. And then we, after about an hour, we settled and put my hand out for a taxi. <laughs> we get in this taxi and this taxi we hadn't noticed that <laughs> it didn't even have a meter on it or the no. meter was kind of hype hidden he had, he had the meter on what he done was he, he put I asked if he had a meter and he showed us and he put it on it was, on, it was his on, his, it was on his phone <laughs> and then he put his phone in the, the cup holder so that you then couldn't see the bottom of the phone so that was it we just started going to taxi and we were about halfway along the highway as it is over there I won't say motorway and uh, we came off and I looked at the taxi meter and it was $130. And James, <laughs> had, nudged me. James had fell asleep and I nudged him and went, mate, look at that. 
meter and we started and what was worse was <laughs> the, ba- the batteries in our phone were dead oh. so we couldn't even use google maps what, we were then having to guess what, where the villa right, was what was worse than that is we had no idea what the address was yeah <laughs> so we're like we we think it's in avanti was it yeah, it's davenport i think uh, the name davenport. of the place was <laughs> so he then was able to use that as an excuse to you guys uh, didn't show me what it was <laughs> we stopped it uh it was a 7-eleven because we needed a cash line i went into the, the place said to the guy behind the till look we're being robbed in a taxi and the guy said yeah that's a magnet on the side of his car that's like an illegal taxi and i said okay what do we do and he says well you don't know what that guy has under the seat of his car so you pay the taxi fare and you learn your lesson but uh, us being scottish just kind of around about that time he's talking to him and i'm like i'm in the back seat and i'm going you're just bumping us, mate. <laughs> you're bumping, I'm not paying that. You're bumping us. And he's like, no, 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 that's right. And I'm like, no, mate, you're bumping us. Knowing that he doesn't know what bumping means. And I'm trying to put up an argument. And I'm going, oh, that's no way I'm winning this. <laughs> so you're well, just throwing words at him that he's never heard before. We got back to the villa. Like, the cherry on top of the whole thing was we got back to the villa. <laughs> James had to go in to the villa to get more cash out because the final bill was about $260. As James goes back into the villa to get the rest of the cash, the guy then turns around to me and asks if I want to buy drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and Did we, you? Like, that would have been the, 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 the happy ending. We were so <laughs> stoned that night. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We invited him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He charged his fucking $80 for a score bag. <laughs> and he lit a sugar's gun. <laughs> little fake magnet saying drug dealer on the side of the bag. <laughs> he just swaps it over, right? When, nah. I, when I lived in Australia, because I'm from New Zealand, you might have heard from the accent, but uh, when I lived in Australia, I lived with an Irish dude, and this guy's about six foot five. Just a, a mammoth of a man. Just like a lot of Irish dudes are huge. This guy was just just a, a mountain of a human. And we got into a taxi one night and the dude just started taking us on this wee ticky tour and we're like, we knew where we were going. And I was just quietly hiding going, he's going the wrong way, he's going the wrong way, just whispering like, hey, yeah, I think he's going the wrong way. But Andrew, who was <laughs> the mountain of a man, just told him, stop the fucking taxi and we're getting out now. And that's, that's a great Irish accent. Come and do it, Irish. You tried Canadian, so stop the fucking taxi. We're getting out right now. Fair play. That was good. Uh, that was was the uh, second half kind of shit the beat a wee bit. But yeah. so the, the taxi driver went, no, no, no. He's like, we know you're fleecing us. And we looked at the meter and it was like twice as much as it should be. He's like, we live fucking that way about, you know, back the way we've come about 20 minutes. Take us fucking home or I'm beating the shit out of you. And the taxi driver turned off the meter, took us back and didn't charge us a single thing. But it's one of those things that like you can only get it because I'm maybe, I don't know, five, seven. I'm Tom Cruise, only minus the handsomeness and the money. You know what I mean? Like I'm mm. I'm not a big dude. The, the, if you're six, you're five, a Scientologist is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit mental. Uh, no, but like if you are like, that's one of those moves that you've just got to be an absolute fucking mountain of a man. We've all got the friend that is a mountain of a man that just can do shit like that, but I don't but know. It doesn't It doesn't necessarily, well, apart from the, I'm going to beat the shit out of you, the threatening presence of a really, really bulky, tall uh, person, but it just takes that, that personality to call someone out and see it through. Yeah. And say, listen, this isn't right. I'm not having it. It's like when you go to a restaurant and or, or even a bar and you order food and then the food's wrong. And then in your <laughs> plight, well, especially as a plight British way, we'll maybe mm, grumble a little bit and then go, I'm just <laughs> going to chew down on this aggressively, but accept it. I'll give and them I'll, angry eyes from a distance. You know, there's certain <laughs> people out there that 
And I would class that as a, a certain type of grown-up, you know, somebody that's so assured in themselves <laughs> that they're like, I'm not accepting this straight down the line. Whereas my personality, I'd get embarrassed even taking something back. I went to uh, lunch with you guys about six months ago and we had uh, just a rubbish pizza. It came about f- probably 40 minutes late. Um, it was burnt. No one liked it. And then we it came to paying the bill. And you guys went, oh, so what are we tipping them? And I was like, <laughs> fucking nothing, because it's late. The food was rubbish. We've, me- we've moaned about it for the last 25 minutes. And you're like, oh, yeah, but we're not dicks. And I was like, what the- you don't even have to tip in the UK. Why are you fucking tipping? But nah, that is a real you, British thing. It's just go no, be polite and be angry subtly afterwards. <laughs> That's what trip advisors for these days. You know, <laughs> right. Oh, Facebook or Twitter. Nah. To give them, give them a four-star <laughs> review on trip advisors. Nah, one star, man. What, nah, four star four. is nice. I want to go back to something that you mentioned about your girlfriend and she was 19 and she used her student loan to buy a house. Oh, what it Like, just like life that, hack, eh? What were you doing at 19? I was a dick. Like, I look back at... The 10-year challenge has just come up. So, like, the 10-year challenge, I'm 30 now, so I was 20 when it's showing back to me. But, like, I was doing an apprenticeship in which I was doing Thai kickboxing. Me and my mates were getting into fights every weekend and I was just... A bit of a dick, and I was weirdly heaps fatter. I don't know why. <laughs> I, just, I think it was because I was—I'd come from like being an athlete, and then it was like, "Hey, you can buy alcohol now." And I just became—I don't know. I just—I have a theory, and I might be kind of taking this sideways, but I don't think people are the best version of themselves until the world's told them they don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Like, you're a student, you come out of high school, you're the cool kid. And then, you know, you go to university and you're still the, you know, the cool kid. But when you get into a job, the office lady, Carol, who fucking hates her job and would love nothing more than to punch you because you were young and good looking, she doesn't care that you're the cool kid in high school. She'll bring you down, right down to the level that you need to be. I reckon you're not the person you need to be until the world has just, just brought you back a few levels, like a wee bit. So you need beat down, basically. I don't think you need to be beaten down. I think you need to be humbled. Like, I was an apprentice, and there was another apprentice at the same time, and I like to think I wasn't a dick, because I saw what happened to the dude that was a dick. He was a bit older. They parked a, um, a, um, a, beep beep, a forklift under his car at the, end of, at the end of year party, right? Lifted it up about, I don't know, two, three foot, parked it inside the workshop, and locked the workshop for the month. For like over the Christmas holidays, everyone has Christmas holidays in New Zealand because he was a dick. Like they just hated him that much. They're like, you, you shouldn't have a car over this time. So I just I knew that if I was a dick, if I was anything but the nicest person I could be, my car might be the next one. On so, but that was so. you. You were conforming then, so you could fit in and join in with the lads or the girls or you know, just a group basically. It wasn't so much fitting in. It was just I'd gone from being one of the coolest kids at school, which. You know, you might be, you might not be. It doesn't. It, it, honestly, it doesn't matter. But it went to that to hanging out with forty-five-year-old guys who were, in my opinion, some of the coolest dudes you'd ever met. And you have to learn how to deal with them. And you need to realise that it doesn't matter if you're the best surfer in high school because you now do this job and none of those dudes care. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think you're not the best version of yourself until you. I don't know. Like, being in the real world for maybe two or three day, uh, two or three years. I'm going to say 23, 24. Yeah, it's it's a weird thing because I'm back at uni, obviously, as I've just said. So I'm 30 now in my third year at uni and I'm the oldest in the course by about probably eight or nine years. And it's funny listening to these kids kind of say like deadlines and 
all these assessments are like the toughest, most overbearing, horrible things in the world. And it's sweet and it's naive because you're like, ah, oh, you've not like had a really awful job yet. And <laughs> like, so when I was 19, I was at college studying a course that I'm still to finish and I'm still in the process of trying to finish right now. <laughs> um, You'll get there. You'll that get was, there. Well, it was when I met this man, James McGuire, was when I was studying at college. And my only identity when I was like 19, 20 was that I decided not to get a haircut for about a year for no reason and, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I just and I remember I went through a phase where I just always wore a hat <laughs> there's two things I remember the, the hat um, and you went through a phase of just always failing your driving test <laughs> yeah, yeah I just just decided like I didn't really have much of a childhood so I got to like 19 I was like oh I need like and should I be like an emo I was a stoner I suppose but I wasn't like an emo kid or like a goth or a skater or like a fucking Ned or anything like that so I was just like I'm just going to wear a hat all the time that'll be like my thing I'll just be like <laughs> the guy that wears a hat see this is where I take offence 250,000% which isn't it's a really high percentage but it's, it's not I'm a, a percentage you can't go above 100 <laughs> no one knows that um, <laughs> I'm a bull dude right <laughs> As a bald dude talking to a man of here, and like there will be a lot of people listening, if there's anyone listening, that are feeling the same issue. You can't wear a hat because look at your look at your head, just covered in its own natural hat, covered in the hat that you can style differently every day and look delightful in the world as your oyster. Try being a bald man. Well, I've stopped wearing a hat now, so. No, yeah, but I got over the hat phase. During, during the, your formative teenage and early 20 years, <laughs> you definitely can wear a hat because it was a status symbol. It defined you as a character. That's a, that's It's like you, your badge to the world. <laughs> Look at me. I am a stoner kid or I'm an emo kid or I'm, I like hip hop, you know. Whether you've got an afro under that hat or not is, you know, and I agree nowadays. I'm, I'm kind of the middle distance between you two right now. Full head of hair, no hair, and the guy that's <laughs> heading towards Shane. <laughs> when do I shave it nah let's just keep it one strand of hair will be the top I'll be Homer Simpson uh, eventually I like how you could be like a stoner or a, a skater boy or a rapper or whatever or you could be a hat person. <laughs> like, how that's a genre I, of person. I don't think you could be. That was just like what my, I, I was desperately, and I still am, desperately trying to seek some form of identity. So I thought back then, I'll just be <laughs> the a hat guy dude. that wears a hat. I, I, I genuinely, I feel, well... About. And this, this is probably going to get a little bit deep if we're talking about identity and it goes back to what we are saying we're looking for a house and that. I feel like you just submerge yourself in a collective identity eventually um, where you get a house, you get married, you've got a job and slowly but surely most of your individuality is stripped away as you conform to these norms. <laughs> fuck and that, that's, 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 genuinely, that's genuinely what I think it is. So fuck me, keep wearing a hat until you fucking die. Because if you can show any little symbols of who you are, then you, you need to retain that because it's it's tough as you get older. I think we're stumbling on upon a, like a proper genius idea though because what, do, you guys, do you guys <laughs> agree that there can only be one proper hat wearer in a group? No. No. Really? Do you think a group can have more than one hit? Got it. It depends, right? See if the group has grown together, right? Um, from the very start. Like just say we, we, we were thrown together and you were wearing a cool hat. And after a couple of weeks you notice James is wearing a cool hat. Is he copying my cool hat? And then yeah. Danny does it. Then by all means you'd be the only hat wearer. Yeah. But if it was growing up and it's fashion stuff, then when you're younger, you're allowed to experiment. Even if your mate's got a hat, I'm getting a hat, I'm doing it. 
but you have to be the hat guy. You can't just overnight go, I'm wearing the hat. No, no, you've got to be the hat guy. But what does a group of people wearing cool dynamic hats look like? You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're the outside world, and I don't want to say let's all confirm, conform to what they say, but I think that like if you're looking at a group of friends, you go, oh, cool, you know, that guy's funny, that guy's a handsome guy, oh, that guy does that, that guy does that. They can't have like, not everyone can wear hats, otherwise you look like a band. You're like a fucking boy band from the 90s. That depends, man. See if you're a... Bunch of kids or adults that like hip hop music and you b boy and stuff like that. Ah, Shitloads of them are going to be wearing hats. If you're just talking about normal guys like the in between us growing, like uh, growing up at thirty, then one of them's got a hat. Then then all of them got a hat. Then that's just it. Kind of feels like you're trying to hold on to your youth unless you're wearing a cheese cutter or something like that. And I then you're trying to be old. I learned all my lessons in life off the film The Warriors. So uh, I feel <laughs> like if we all wore hats, then that would be really good because then we'd be like the hats. The hats, yeah. The, and then, so like when the Warriors are trying to bop their way back to Coney Island, they have to, to play. They have to like stumble upon the hats. The I've hats. never seen that, but I'm guessing it's about dance fighting. No. <laughs> Is what? it not about I've never seen fighting? the Warriors? No, nah, oh, it just it looks like a real dance fighting movie. No, no. no. <laughs> Warriors is a tremendous there's, film. There's two things really good about it. It's a really dirty urban New York in the 80s and it takes you through everything and there's this cheesy overacting gangster element to it that just makes you laugh but at the same time get excited it's an amazing film it's like when someone says I've never seen Back to the Future when I hear that I'm, I'm, I, I just disown you straight away I only you watch, have to see the Warriors I only watched Back to the Future in first time in the last year and I thought it was shite so get it up you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So Danny, I don't know what that is. I'll let you explain I, it. I don't know what just happened there. I have no idea. I'll let, I'll let Shane... I'll, right, Shane, Shane's went off in one. Um, and we are going to get back to the topic because I, I really want to find ba- uh, find out the most embarrassing things that happened to you growing up and stuff like that. Um, but Shane's just whipped out what looks like a harmonica. And do you know the last time I seen a harmonica? It was um, it was 2010 in Munich. And what, he's going to do it again? Uh, he's doing it again. He's setting the scene. Tell the story and I'll just play it alongside. I think it works better that way. I it found will. the sad side so I can do it. It's not a sad story. Okay, I'll go to the other side. 2010 in Munich and Danny had just met me and my mates. Um, do you remember this story? I, I'm i just really distracted. I still don't know where that harmonica came from. I don't understand. He's got a case for it. Aye, what's the, what's the, sto- what's harmonica the harmonica state? I thought harmonica came out of a fucking Christmas cracker. I didn't realize <laughs> no, this one, a fucking this box. This one I bought from a, a harmonica shop. Right. What's the story in a harmonica? There's no story. Basically, I've just... my one of my I don't like New Year's resolutions, but one of them was to be a bit cooler. And I wanted to learn an instrument, but guitar, geez, that seems hard. You know, like drums... Fucking drummers are cool, but admin and loud. And I went, what's easy? Ukulele, which I've got and I already don't know, or a harmonica, which has got, and I think this, and I might be wrong, but I think you've got a happy side and a sad side. So just, I think we're going a wee bit off topic, but can you guys just say some, some statements and I'll make them happy or sad and just say them as normal as possible and you watch, a harmonica will fucking nail this. So it's either happy or sad. So... Are you, who's going first? You going, James? Going first. I got. Wait, wait. Can you just give me a second to figure out the happy I'm, side? I'm, I'm going to give eye contact to Danny because we're going to be swapping the. Well, you guys can go between between yeah, yourselves. Let's just go. Shane railroaded this podcast. He did, yeah. But by just pulling out a weird musical instrument, I feel like we've lost the chance for people to get to know us because he stole the limelight with his. It actually sounds okay, doesn't it? Nah. 
<laughs> Don't be fooled. <laughs> Did you guys not go through a car phase? So we're like, we're, we're, were cars big when you were younger? Like, when say you were 16, 17, you could first drive. Were, like, there, were there boy races over in the UK? Yes. But we were on the antithesis of that. Like, we, we you know, were, we that, I, I hated them. You literally, <laughs> we have shit streets in Glasgow City Centre, and the guys would go from traffic light to traffic light, and all you would hear is that, <laughs> that bleep. Like that kind of noise The exhaust like banging off uh, the back And then it was like And then it was slowing down Because they went 60 feet I, I remember when I was in high school So last year high school So it was like only a couple of people could drive And there was this guy Was one of the first in the year to drive his car And we were kind of like the stoners So we would like take advantage of the fact This guy could drive a car And he would get like Not free weed out of it But he would get a draw of a joint out of it And he got He changed his horn one day To the uh, that El Cucaracha horn so, the, <laughs> da, 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 da. so he was like a boy racer And I went to I was like right We need to go pick up weed off The person that I buy my weed off And we went and picked it up And she went She turned around and went Oh I like your car mate And he went Oh thanks very much I've got, <laughs> I've got this horn fight And he played it And it went da, 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 da. And she just looked at him And she went Mate that is the fucking shittest thing I've <laughs> ever heard in my life He probably spent about four and grand was on it crest <laughs> falling by It just broke him And it was the fucking funniest thing I've seen I'm the guy that The first time I needed to Put my car into a mechanic The guy asked what kind of car it was And I said a red one So I'm not I'm not the person to do this See I was a hard out boy racer back in the day not but like so in New Zealand there's a few different genres and uh, probably across the world there is you got boy racers which have got turbo cars and they're fast cars and you, then you got the wee bogans who've got the cool old cars I was a bogan because I was a welder like what else do you do as a welder you just make car things and like of course no nah, but I'm, like I'm always saying that about welders car yeah, things yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, gen- I gen- genuinely like had the coolest car it took me about a year to build like me and like mates built this car and I got it going and by that stage because it had taken so long I was a bit over it and it was too fast for me like you get to a stage where you go this thing's going to get me in a lot of trouble. Nowadays, I've got a Nissan Micro, like a, and like this, it makes a Mini look massive. And I just don't care about it. Like people are like, oh, what kind of car are you driving? Like, I don't Nissan Micro, don't care. Don't even, like I, I drive it once every six months. But like, it's quite interesting because that is, I think that is me growing up because when I was younger, I was a boy racer who thought pulling chicks was cool and flights were cool and... Yeah, man. Like now I'm just like, nah. I was never really into cars. At Is all. that us? Have we just made you that uncool by like, hanging about with us for about a year now? Yeah. Nah, nah. To be fair, man, I give him street cred. I used to be a rapper when you, I grew up. Because so. you associate yourself with a hat guy. We've got to, we've got to fucking Dan, cover the, the fact. We've got to cover the fact that you're a rapper. Like, so now you're what 33. When how old, I'm 33 in July. Yeah. How, how old were you when you were a rapper? I can remember the date that <laughs> we formed the rap group that I was a part of, and it was uh, zero three zero three zero three. So further March two thousand and three, and that was the rap name o three o three o three. No, no, we went through many variations. It was uh, ESB uh, empathy. Aye, both can empathy. we yes, just be. clarify with empathy? It's uh, empathy with an F. So ah, empathy, empathy with an F. Ah, oh, that makes sense. Like if you yeah. uh, th is like old school, but F is is rap. Yeah. But I genuinely, when I was 17, when I started that, I thought I was going to be a rapper and have a music career. 
to be fair, I'm not even a good rapper. Like, you're a far more talented man than I am. I thought I might be a rapper. <laughs> like, I was kind of... But genuinely, like, that's what it was. I'd pull out my harmonica. <laughs> yeah. start throwing down some beats. <laughs> harmonica beats don't really go down well in the rap world, so it never, yeah. never took off for me. But, like, I've always been really good at writing poems. Like, my mum encouraged us to write poetry, like, which sounds so... But, you know, but that's really nice that your mum mum did that. They, you know, said... Be expressive because that's that's led to what you're doing now with the harmonica, which is really shit. So <laughs> your mum maybe should have curtailed it a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Because like my dad done stand up, I think it was 21 when I started doing stand up, and when I told my mum that I was doing stand up, she uh, told me that I wasn't funny. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing that for? You're not funny. See, my mum and dad, um, they encouraged me too much. They just fucking let me do whatever I want. That's that's probably my thing growing up. Other than one time when my mum and dad locked me. In a, and when my mum walked me in a room for like maybe four weeks saying study you have to be better and pass these exams I was left to my own devices a hell of a lot to do whatever the fuck I wanted so at 17 I decided to leave school and become a rapper and albeit do you know what I was fairly successful um, with the venture you know did gigs in Berlin and you don't go under the name Ja Rule anymore do you <laughs> yeah. it, it was actually ja, Jaguar <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know I, I genuinely at 17 thought this is it I'm going to be a rapper and then when I grow up I'm going to marry Lily Allen oh that would be a that bloody would be nice that's a that'd nice be a bloody good yeah. get hey she, like if you were to marry Lily Allen even like now I haven't heard of her for about the last five years but if you were to marry Lily Allen I would just be in awe because she she, she, was, song, she was tremendous her songs were like funny her and clever first and witty albums are absolutely tremendous they're yeah. just just delightful like I I think you should go back to the rap career if you're going to marry Lily Allen with the rap. Yeah, well, she she has split up with her husband. I'm not sure if she's with <laughs> anyone. I'm, like, I'm down with Lily Allen. I, I've read that autobiography. At least you had ambition. Like when I was, I remember being in primary school. So I've still got one person that I speak to from primary school, my mate Scott. And when we were in like primary six, primary seven, we decided that when we were going to be older, we we're going to become delivery drivers because <laughs> we just thought <laughs> we, we thought it would be such a good job to just wear like. They just drive about in a van all day, dropping. <laughs> it. That was the height of our ambitions. Like just wearing kids, shots. Kids were like, "Oh, I'm going to be like a fireman. I'm going to be a policeman. I'm, I'm going, going to rule to the, the world one day." And we're like, "Nah, we're just going to like fucking be delivery drivers around Glasgow." And yeah, just aim high. Do you know what? See, growing up, um, oh, there was so many embarrassing things that happened to me growing up. That, <laughs> um, I don't really want to talk about, but I'll talk about a few. But I'm, I'm throwing it out to you guys first. What was the most embarrassing thing that happened to you in your adolescence? When so so mum was like a teacher at our school, right? And my I'm the youngest of four boys. So like my brother had this wee well, this wee like kind of fuck he's got the uh, it sounds like go the sad side. There's a sad side, go the sad side, because it's a sad story. So basically my brother had this condom box. I don't know it was a condom box, and I thought the things inside this box were lollies, because they were in a wee cool wrapper and stuff like that. I was seven. And um, so I, my friend took some of them and he took them to school. The next day I took them off him because I was like, you can't have them, they're, they're my brothers, you can't have them. And I took them off him and I got caught with a condom at seven in primary school in my hand showing it to people. Well, they thought I was showing it to people. And mum was a teacher there, so they kind of came to this wee conclusion because it's New Zealand and the, the rules in New Zealand are like, ah, fucking don't be a dick and you'll be sweet. That's the rules in New Zealand. So what they did is they made me apologise in front of assembly about bringing a condom to school and showing people, but I couldn't say the word condom. And I just had to kind of be like, hey, guys, 
I had to, I had to do something. I did something that I, I, I let myself down with, and I was seven. That was the most embarrassing part. I think that, like, did you write any of it in, in italics so you had to sing it? I brought a condom to school. <laughs> they would have fucking laughed that. that, that would... <laughs> Try it every time you see italics from now on. I guarantee you'll fucking do this. You'll sing it, and you'll be like, "Fuck, that's awesome." That's a lot of pressure to put on a seven-year-old. Talk to the school about bringing a condom. I, I I genuinely feel like that could have just been a parent conversation and then done. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It's not as if you're coming into school going, I'm going to stick this on my dick. <laughs> I mean, your dick would not have filled any form well, of condom well, at that age. As a seven-year-old, I was pretty well-endowed, I'll let you know. Well-endowed? Well yep. Endowed? <laughs> is, that not, is that not like, yeah. like fancy It's because he's seven, he's got Play-Doh on his mind, that's all that is. <laughs> No, but speaking of uh, embarrassing moments involving the penis... Um, oh, right. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> amazing. Uh, I think that... <laughs> I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but when I was, like, 13, um, I didn't have a lock on my door. And But you're still exploring your penis and you're, you're masturbating as much <laughs> as you can. Yep. And I was doing it once, and, and fuck knows, by the way, this is genuine. Fuck knows how you achieved completion back then. With the <laughs> amount of material that's out there now, you know, that's plenty. But when you were just like a 13 year old you hadn't even had any sexual interaction so you're just doing it off pure hormones <laughs> um, anyways that's just another that's just another uh, part of the story um, but my dad literally walked into the room maybe a minute in I'm sitting there dick in hand <laughs> And when you're ducking hand, you're you're first, you're looking. I'm like, whoa, whoa, fuck! Grabbed it. And then I just shouted. I was just checking how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> then I ran out the house without any fucking trainers. Ran about maybe fifty feet from the house at a lamppost, and I was looking back like. I don't know what you did. Did you still have your dick in your hand? I was going to say, were well, you yeah. still erect? <laughs> don't be outside of the erect penis. I don't know the hard way. Nah, nah, nah. I was, I was there. And then, uh, do you know what? All credit to my dad, right? Genuinely, 100% good guy moment. He never brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it would have been as embarrassing for him as it was you, to oh, be fair. Dads don't want that chat, eh? That's like, oh, you're, you're 13. I thought the birds and the bees chat happened when you were 16. All nah. right, then. Yeah. I think I think my most embarrassing thing, probably about the same age, I was in first year, so I get in school a year early, so I'd been about twelve, and everyone else was starting to become teenagers. And what I mean, you learn a lot in the first year of high school. You learn that it's not the same as primary school. So when you're in primary school, primary school relationships, so you walk up to a girl, giggle, and say, "Will you go out with me?" And she says yes, and then you don't speak to each other for about two months, and then mm-hmm. break up at some stage. Something happens, and but, there's and a that, wedding, that, and there's a divorce, but, and you need that, to divide up the stones that, that you collect. Because you always speak through someone else. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. in high school, it was first year, and it was a girl I really fancied in high school. So I bought her a watch and I went up to her in the middle of a history class, in the middle, in the middle <laughs> of a history class, <laughs> and gave her this watch and asked her out. But still, like, with the primary school child like brain, and she was like, nah, like, why have you bought me this watch? And Everyone just like, oh, it was so why, why did you buy a watch? I don't know. Well, it was just what you done. Like, I don't know. It was what I done. I mean, I had girlfriends <laughs> in primary school. I would Put get them jewelry. I would there. get I'm not talking like I went, oh, I just nipped into fucking yeah. Tiffany or something like that. <laughs> I'm talking about I went to Blockier Market or something and bought some for four quid. Hi, Sandra. And got, <laughs> your, got your brand new Casio. Oh. <laughs> what? It would have been a fucking Casio. You walked, walked into Blockier Market and the girl was like, oh, Danny the hat, you big Lothario, you're back. <laughs> 
Who is it this time? But, oh, was it Danny to watch at that point? <laughs> but I genuinely gave her gave this girl a watch and asked her out, and she said no. And then about two weeks after that someone was talking to me about this girl and they said oh do you know such and such poked her and i was like whoa and that but again i was like oh wow did he and you know what, and the sense. guy was like you don't know what that is do you and i was like ah, ah, you, well, I've, uh, no i have absolutely no idea <laughs> <laughs> so between one or two of those moments was the most humiliating thing of my childhood oh horrible isn't it and see being like even remotely infatuated with anyone at that age especially if it was someone you had to see every day in school it was the most horrible experience i ended up working with her about 10 15 years later in the bookies was she still we joked about we'd, we'd got over it at that point we, we had a good laugh about did, it did she still have the watch <laughs> <laughs> who knows what happened to that watch say, did you ask her about the poking <laughs> but well even now you say that when i remember that story i remember some girl saying to her you, you at least need to winch him now and i didn't even know what that meant i still I don't know didn't even know what that, uh, that was now nah, you make up so much of the rhetoric on the playground don't you like uh, this that this that and you're like fuck knows what I genuinely think there's probably one kid in all of the little groups that knows exactly what it is because their big brothers taught them and the rest are all just going hi hi man brilliant and it fanny so yeah tits <laughs> crayons <laughs> what's that little, little animals of pincers uh, thank fuck the internet cable I've heard that you licked them in the back <laughs> <laughs> and that's where babies come from I think the final question we've been on the theme of growing up so it's only it's only fair to to end on a question of do you now feel like an adult James do you know what mate um, no I genuinely don't I think I'm, I'm probably a few years away from it I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm definitely on the, the right path but I don't really want to either yeah I think growing up's a state of mind isn't it because to me I'm I feel like growing up means I can't go to the pub with my mates I can't go have fun I can't just randomly stay out and spend all my money on something stupid like a collection of you know random Japanese hats or whatever you know from the 90s like to me I think it's just a state of mind like we are adults like believe it or not we are all adult men yeah yeah I mean we we pulled uh, both pulled an amazing workload today and represented in a huge part of adult life but after that you want to segue into something that's going to make you feel chilled like I want to go home sometimes and just watch Rick and Morty and play football manager and stroke my cat and I want to and just... I don't think I don't think that's adulting you know I don't want to do the dishes no I don't want to buy a house just now but I'll do it because you know that's segueing into adult life and I understand that you have to but yeah you know I want to go to the pub I want to fucking book Tokyo and go watch wrestling with you Danny I, I don't want to be a full adult yet me being an adult means you're financially secure and like I genuinely probably every second month spend my pay on like something stupid like vintage razors from World War 2 so like, fucking harmonicas, harmonicas. Yeah. I've also got a bloody ukulele at home like I've just got stupid shit and I think that's kind of like my I, I live fast die young kind of I, idea. I feel like I'm, I'm strangely getting there um, I mean as this podcast develops we'll find out that I've done a lot of not stupid stuff, but I made a lot of silly mistakes during my twenties that involved finance and jobs and disappearing to other countries for spells on end. Um, but nah, since going back to uni, I've started to concentrate on clearing debts. Even like in first year, 
going to WrestleMania. I'm in third year now, and I'm now trying to like pay stuff off and looking at jobs in the future. So it's taken nearly thirty one years, but. I don't ever want to be fully grown up. I just want to start wearing a hat again. And one of my best mates is about 45. And if you asked him, he'd say no. So I think some people never grow up. I don't think you should feel bad if you don't feel like a growing up. I don't think you should feel bad if you do feel like a growing up. I think growing up is just a a mind state, frame of mind. Deep. (laughs) Thank you, Peter. (laughs) That's a Peter Pan reference.